Hi, this is Cheyenne. And this is Rachel. Welcome to What the Finance. We're so glad you're here. Since we decided this this morning, do you know what I've had stuck in my head all day? What? Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> all day. Oh, wow. Talk about a day brightener. Uh, for sure. Can you imagine at six o'clock in the morning, like the start of your day with like, let's talk about sex, baby, in your head all day. <laughs> it's, it's really tough to have a bad day. <laughs> True. And I had a doozy of a day. It is the way sometimes when you're in public life. For real. You know? So I do feel like though we, it might be prudent to give a little bit of a trigger warning as well. Yes. We are talking about sex work. And so that might veer a little bit into the territory of sexual abuse and child pornography. That's something to be mindful of. And sometimes this just makes people in general uncomf. It's true. So if you're one of those people, now is your, your time to skip. No judgment. Just this one's not for you. Yep. So it might seem a little bit weird as with many of the things that we talk about, <laughs> we're talking about sex work on a finance podcast, but it turns out that there's a lot of money in sex work. That is true. There's also a lot of abuse of money in sex work. Also true. Which is not something that we delve into very often, but now is one of those times. It is one of those, those topics that I, I think that we would not be doing our due diligence if we didn't mention. That's a real solid yes. So on the money piece of it, just, I don't know, without, right, like money abuse or anything like that, it turns out that even though we're pretty sure that there's a lot of money in it, uh, because it's also illegal in most of the world, it's really hard to study. Mm -hmm. You know, it turns out that forced things underground, it's really hard to learn about them. I don't know. Weird. I know. But so the study, UCLA did a study in 2007 that was then published in 2014. Academia moves slowly. They studied eight U.S. cities and estimated that the economic worth of those cities, which were spread out across the United States, right? Like this was not just East-West, was somewhere between 39.9 and $290 million. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. So I think that's something that we should probably lay out there is what is considered sex work. And you can't see my air quotes here because sex work is a very broad term. And I think that when people hear sex work or sex worker, they think of prostitution and prostitutes. And that's kind of like it. And there is a much broader scope. So prostitution is absolutely sex work. But other professions that would fall under that umbrella would be phone sex operators, Exotic dancers, sometimes you hear them referred to as strippers. It it just kind of depends. Something that we have experienced more so in the last year due to pandemic, webcam modeling. And then there's obviously people who are in porn. Those are, they're all sex workers. And I definitely, I missed a huge, 
list under that umbrella. Like I absolutely did, but those were the ones that I could think of off the top of my head. There are two different types of prostitution. There's kind of like what we think about in our heads of like street prostitution, right? You were thinking about like pretty woman and stuff like that, right? Like if you think of a prostitute, right? Like that's what you think of. But there are also what would be considered indoor prostitutes, right? Like people who work for escort services or brothels, you know, and that kind of thing, right? Like they're already in an establishment. They're not trying to pick you up off of the street. And then the only other one um, that you didn't mention that I thought was worth mentioning is peep show performing. Those folks are also considered sex workers. Is that something you are familiar with? It is not. So the whole idea is kind of like voyeuristic in intent. Like you're like the performer is performing an erotic show and the person that is watching them is watching through like a peephole. Oh, okay. But it's also like consensual. Okay. So it has the feel of being voyeuristic without infringing on the privacy of the person that you're watching. Okay. So another thing that that came to my mind that wasn't covered in any of this, but became semi-popular, I'm going to say like five or six years ago was BDSM. And the people who work in that realm, they fall under sex workers. And I feel like because we all, okay, maybe we don't all, but I feel like a majority of us know (laughs) the series that I'm referring to. And as you all know, if we don't name something by name, it's because we don't want to give them the name recognition. I feel like they, I feel like BDSM went from a very like taboo, unspoken thing to all of a sudden it was the norm and now it's kind of coming back down like it's not it's not talked about as much but it is still more normalized than it was and I think that kind of plays again into the OnlyFans it it's becoming more popular than it had been Mm -hmm. and so all of the folks that work in those umbrella of sex workers I think And as we've been naming all of these different professions of sex work, you might notice that we're, you know, at least a couple of times we've talked about consent. Yes. Yep. Right. And I know I just mentioned, right, that in most of the world, sex work is illegal. It makes it hard to study. It also makes it really, really hard to suss out the consensual stuff from the non-consensual stuff. And that's a problem. Yep, absolutely. For so many reasons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think one of the reasons that it's such a problem is, you know, people talk about children all the time, right? Like, you know, child pornography or human trafficking, which often ends up being very young people. The UN did a a report on this and found that um, sexual exploitation actually accounted for about 58% of all trafficking cases globally so from like a gosh it's almost heart-wrenching to talk about this from a financial viewpoint but that's our show so if you think about this from a financial standpoint right not only are bad actors making a lot of money exploiting vulnerable people there's also a lot of money being spent on trying to track down those bad actors it would be a lot easier if sex work was legal for adults because <laughs> um, then there would be more of an incentive for people in those fields to come forward. Right. Think of the amount of money that is spent prosecuting adults for engaging in consensual ex- 
activities. That's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm just gonna keep on keeping on with our theme here. <laughs> <laughs> Women are more likely to be prosecuted for sex work than men are. Because shocker, sex work is not only, uh, it's, it's not women only in that profession. There are men there too, but they are less likely to be prosecuted for it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Basically. It is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I, I hope you're having as much fun listening to this episode of What the Finance as we had recording it. Now, even though making this show is something we love, we also need your support. Becoming a Silver Spoon patron of our show on Patreon gives you access to polls for future episodes, a shout out on the show, and access to bloopers like this one. I could never own a fish because I'm terrified of them. Oh, Visit us at patreon.com slash what underscore the underscore finance. Okay, now back to the show. I And it really depends on like, depending on the circles that you run in, you may have heard something along the lines of pay for your porn. And the reason that that is such a big campaign is because sex work is work. So Mm -hmm. when you pay for your porn, you are paying not only for the sex worker who was the performer, but sometimes that, that person was also your content creator, your producer, your editor, you know, all of those things. So while there is free porn and that's great. And, and I don't, I think that that should also exist because I do think that porn is important, which is a whole other conversation. But (laughs) if you are in a place that you are able to pay for your porn, even just five bucks, it, it goes a long way for those creators and you also get content that you enjoy. I think we Mm -hmm. diverge a little bit on this because I... I really do think that if you consume porn, you should pay for it. And the reason that I think that might actually be somewhat misguided, my sense is that free porn means that it's accessible to people who don't have the context that is appropriate for what they're seeing. And I'm thinking specifically about teenagers, right? Who maybe their very first sexual experiences with pornography. Mm -hmm. But as adults, who have some experience, right? Like we know that what you see in those films is not real and isn't a reasonable expectation for most people. Somebody who's maybe just starting to get interested in sex and is seeking out that kind of content, they don't have the emotional maturity uh, (laughs) to process it on an appropriate level. And so I think if you're in that group of people, and I know we have some folks that listen to the podcast that are in that age range. So if you're here, I'm glad you're here. You might want to talk to somebody in your life who has access to a little bit of money and can also 
maybe have a conversation with you later about what you saw so that you start to kind of build that understanding a little bit. And I, I, I don't disagree where I come from when, when I say that I don't necessarily think that all porn should be monetized is that I do think that there should be some free access to it because regardless of socio socioeconomic status, we are all human and therefore we are all sexual beings by nature. That, that means different things to different people. And, and I do know that there are some asexual people out there. This, this will not apply to but for those that it does apply to, discluding them from that resource, which is, I think that essentially what porn should be, it's, it's not what it is, but it is what it, I feel like it should be. I think, I feel like it should be a resource. I, and it, it's, it's tough to say that because like, it makes it seem so, I, I don't know. It's entertainment in a way, but it is also, it's also educational. After. It is. It is. Yeah. So not making that an inclusive resource, it just, to me, is a struggle. And there too. Right. And, and I also don't, I, I think that having this arbitrary age of 18 is ridiculous because we all know that people, not all people, but some people begin to feel sexual urges before 18. And so putting this number on it doesn't make any sense. And then like you had mentioned, it, making it so that their first sexual encounter is one that is not necessarily realistic. It's, it, it just creates a whole mess. It doesn't make any sense, but. <laughs> right. right. Grabbing up the point, pay for your porn if you can. And if you can't, at least be thinking about it in that way, right? Like, mm -hmm. if I had the means, would I be paying for this? And if you wouldn't, maybe it's not what you should watch. And I think that's a huge piece of it. Uh, pay for your porn if you can. And if you can't, still be mindful. Consent is a huge piece of it. If you are consuming something in which consent is ignored, that is a problem and yeah. i will never advocate for that ever and while i really hate to advocate for big name places there are some big name providers in which you can find porn in where your viewership is going to give them the creators money it's not going to be as much as if you had paid for it but viewing it will give them some money so it's the only time my gosh we finally found the thing that that turns me into a capitalist porn porn is the thing that makes me a capitalist <laughs> who heckin knew <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, we do now <laughs> so do you have any final thoughts on you know sex work and porn regardless of the type of sex work that you are going to consume, right? Like if you are, if you're going to a topless club, if you're going to a place where they give lap dances, if you're going to a peep show, if you're going to a brothel, <laughs> any of that, be prepared to pay. Yep. Pay well, 
Yep. Because the service, because it's a service that you're getting. Yep. And it's worth a lot of money. Yes. And then I would really, this doesn't have a ton to do with finance, but I would just end on advocating for legalizing sex work. Yeah, like we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but I really do think that legalizing it is going to put the money in the hands of the people that are actually doing the work. Not always what happens right now. Yep. Also going to make it easier. I guess it's kind of a two-part thing. It will reduce demand for the stuff that there shouldn't be a demand for anyway. (laughs) Vulnerable community. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we'll also make it easier to suss out the people that are actually doing the bad stuff. Absolutely. It also makes it easier to prosecute people who are doing truly illegal, heinous things. Because right now, they're held to the same standard. Mm -hmm. And that is ridiculous in itself. But when we when we make it legal. And I say that because I absolutely believe it should be. And I I do think that we will see it in our lifetime. So when we make it legal, it will, it will empower women so much more, which if you are, you've been a listener for a while, you should by now know that we're pretty big into empowering women. Right. And if you haven't figured it out and you've been a regular listener to the show I'm not sure what show you've been listening to uh right yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah no seriously if you haven't figured it out by now like seriously what have you been listening to or like I don't I don't know I would be I would be shocked to shit if you didn't know by now yep same (laughs) it empowers women and empowering women is always beneficial to society there's not a case study out there that shows that that is detrimental to anybody anywhere. So mm-hmm. pay for your porn if you can. And if you can't just be very mindful of what you are consuming. And if you see something that is not okay, report it. I think our last thing on this episode has nothing to do with sex work at all. Um, but is to give a verbal shout out to our first ever patron on Patreon. Who I think would be very happy her name showed up in this particular episode. (laughs) So yeah, our first patron is a name that you might recognize as a guest we had on the show a few weeks ago. Our friend Kate. Yes! Of Die Cat on Etsy. Yes, who is doing extremely well. So thank you, Kat. Also, if you are nerdy and like dice, go check out Dice Cat. Yeah, she's on Etsy and her dice are amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the Finance. You can subscribe everywhere you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also email us at what underscore the underscore finance at protonmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at what the finance. Follow us on Instagram at what the finance. Check us out on Pinterest at what the finance or tweet us at finance underscore what.